Hey, it's Greg Brown. Grab your logbook, because it's time for another cockpit adventure from the flying carpet. I'm an aviation author, adventure columnist, photographer, former National Flight Instructor of the Year, and Barnes & Noble Arizona Author of the Month. The Flying Carpet is a four-place single-engine light airplane. In it, my wife Jean and I have long traveled the North American continent, searching behind clouds for the real America, and experiencing aerial adventures like today's all along the way. Learn more at my website, gregbrownflyingcarpet.com, where you can also see photos from most episodes. And I'd appreciate your feedback in my Flying Carpet Podcast Facebook group. As you've likely heard, the final Learjet was recently delivered following nearly 60 years of production. I was a kid when the Lear 23 was first introduced in 1964. Although a few other corporate jets were flying by then, most companies still motored around in relatively slow, unpressurized piston airplanes. Many of them repurposed World War II-era bombers and freighters. The Lear was so sleek, sexy, and fast in comparison that it seemingly arrived from the future, revolutionizing air travel, as evidenced by some 3,000 aircraft delivered over so many years. Today's episode is a tribute to the Learjet via one of the model's early captains, who along the way inspired me and other enthusiastic kids to earn their wings in his footsteps. Okay, everyone, hop aboard my flying carpet, snug up your seatbelts, and prepare for takeoff on today's adventure, flight number 21, Captain Midnight. Clear prop. Hello, man. I suspect most of us remember someone we idolized as a kid, someone we aspired to be when we grew up. For my brother Alan and me, it was Frank Rosenstein, corporate pilot. Back then, we joined my dad every Saturday at Chicago's DuPage County Airport to fly, polish his airplane, and jaw with his pilot buddies over lunch. Prominent among them was Frank Rosenstein. As a pro pilot among pleasure flyers, when Frank talked flying, everyone else listened. Although not a big man, he projected quiet power with his large presence and mischievous grin. Gentlemanly and reserved, he personified the old quote, speak softly and carry a big stick. But what most captivated Alan and me was how he treated two impressionable young kids. Hi, men. Frank would always greet us, grasping our little hands in his burly palm. When you're 10 and 12 years old, being addressed like that by a man's man is a big deal. To us, Mr. Rosenstein smilingly referred to himself as Captain Midnight, after the pilot hero of a long-ago radio show when he was growing up. Of course, we kids couldn't imagine any other Captain Midnight. To this day, Alan sports the moniker on his license plate and email address. Most importantly, Mr. Rosenstein proved that you could be an adult and still be cool.
Back when most grown-ups drove finned behemoths like Lincolns and Buicks and big Chevys, Frank bought a sporty 1964 Ford Mustang when they first came out. His wasn't flashy. It was a plain white notchback with standard trim and hubcaps. But the first time he brought that car to Saturday lunch, he installed my dad in the front seat and Alan and I in back and delivered a ride that none of us ever forgot. I can still picture Alan grinning beside me as we squealed and roared past a big Chrysler 300 on Illinois 64. Only then did we learn that while stock early Mustangs came with six-cylinder engines, Mr. Rosenstein had special ordered his from the factory with a race-tuned, high-performance V8. Talk about a wolf in sheep's clothing. This was before muscle cars, so with solid lifters, four-barrel carb, and a hearse shifter, Frank's was one of the fastest cars of its day. But memorable as that was, it hardly compared to our next adventure. At the time, Mr. Rosenstein flew a massive piston-powered Aero Commander. Impressive as that airplane was, Frank announced one Saturday his upgrade to the most revolutionary civilian aircraft of its day, a newly introduced Learjet 23. For weeks afterward, he regaled us with stories of the Lear's now legendary fighter jet handling and performance. Then one Saturday, he shocked us by pulling my dad aside and inviting all of us, including us kids, to the day's equivalent of a rocket ride to the moon. To join him repositioning the company Learjet from Chicago to Omaha. Now keep in mind that outside airliners, none of us had ever been in a faster airplane than a piston twin. Alan and I still reminisce with our sister Leslie about that one-hour flight, being flattened into our seats on takeoff, and ogling the altimeter spinning on climb-out like we'd never seen it before. Thrilling as this was, when Mr. Rosenstein turned around and grinned at us kids from the pilot seat, he was clearly having even more fun than we were. To punctuate the Learjet's speed, we then endured three hours' ride home in a piston airplane. Could anything be cooler than piloting? No wonder Alan and I followed in the man's footsteps. Years later, Leslie admitted to a childhood crush. Mr. Rosenstein seemed like a teenager hanging around with the older folks, she said. But daring as he was, you always felt safe in his presence. You felt braver just being around him. Although a lady charmer, Frank doted on his demure wife, Joe. He boasted to anyone who'd listen of pursuing and courting her until finally she consented to marry him. 
He made no secret that among his many accomplishments, Joe was the great prize of his life. Enamored with flight from childhood, Frank began his aviation career as a mechanic in the Army Air Corps during World War II. Over the next 30 years, he logged some 15,000 flight hours and 3 million accident-free miles, advanced to chief pilot, and flew for several Learjet ad campaigns. Unfortunately, Frank lost his pilot medical certificate while still relatively young and went on to work a variety of non-flying jobs. A hint of sadness entered his demeanor after he stopped piloting professionally, but it didn't diminish his spirit. He took up gliders and made the newspaper for piloting a home-built breezy to Cape Cod with some buddies, quote-unquote, for lobster. After retiring, he taught inner-city kids in flight simulators to improve their math skills. By then, my brother Alan was Frank's cardiologist. A week prior to heart bypass surgery, Alan told me, Frank asked me about visiting family in Atlanta for the weekend. I told him that should be okay, just take it easy. On surgery morning, I learned that he'd ridden the 1,500-mile round trip on his motorcycle. Shortly after enjoying his first hot air balloon flight, Frank Rosenstein passed away at age 89. Along with the sad news, his daughter Nancy shared memories with me. I recall once as a kid, Dad's boss let him drop Mom and me in Goldsboro, North Carolina. In those simpler days, I often stood between the Lear's cockpit seats during landing. And that runway was short, based on how quickly the airport's chain-link boundary fence was approaching. Dad cranked her down at the end of the runway, spun her around, pulled up on the tarmac, and everyone in that little airport walked out cheering and clapping. Then Nancy turned serious. When it was just us in the jet, she told me, Dad would sometimes take us low and tip a wing for some great view. Waving prairie grasses. The night stars and the moon. Fireworks from the air. Those flights gave me a profound gratitude for this earth. Other times we would sit and watch migratory birds. Dad always said you'd be a better pilot if you just watched how the birds flew. After all, they had wings first. Greg, Nancy said, I feel like we were all part of something special. Frank Rosenstein didn't win any medals I'm aware of, nor lead charges or vanquish bad guys. But if heroes can be defined by inspiring those around him, he certainly was one. Hello, men. Frank, you proved that kids can be men, 
and men can be kids. It was an unforgettable lesson from an unforgettable man. Fly safe, Captain Midnight. I hope you've enjoyed meeting one of my childhood heroes in today's Flying Carpet podcast, Captain Midnight. This episode originated from a flight training magazine column I wrote following Frank Rosenstein's passing in 2010. News of Learjet production ending jolted me vividly back to the man's memory and that long-ago flight to Omaha. Oh, and there's a postscript. Shortly after my 2010 column was published, I received the following email from Captain Barry Schiff, renowned author and AOPA pilot columnist. Believe it or not, he wrote, Frank was an inspiration to me when I was in my late teens. He used to fly an Aero Commander from Chicago to Santa Monica every once in a while, and he shared his time and wisdom with us newbie pilots during his Santa Monica layovers. He truly was a wonderful man, and it saddens me that I lost contact with him after the late 1950s. I have a photo of him taken in about 1957. Let me know if and where you'd like to upload it. It's no big deal, but it's the only photo I have of him. See that and other Captain Midnight photos at my website, gregbrownflyingcarpet.com. Thanks for riding along on today's Flying Carpet Adventure. Please help me continue this podcast by sharing your favorite Flying Carpet episodes on social media, posting reviews on your favorite podcast directories, and donating via my Greg Brown Flying Carpet website. Thanks in advance for your support. You can find photos from most episodes at my website, gregbrownflyingcarpet.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please check out my book of aviation adventure stories, Flying Carpet, The Soul of an Airplane, for which I was named Barnes & Noble Arizona Author of the Month. Learn about that and my other aviation books at gregbrownflyingcarpet.com. Also at gregbrownflyingcarpet.com, you'll find my views from the flying carpet aerial photography, available in fine art metal prints and pilot achievement plaques. Oh, and I'd appreciate hearing your feedback in my Flying Carpet Podcast Facebook group. Follow my social media sites, most of which can be found by searching Greg Brown Flying Carpet. And consider joining my student pilot pep talk group on Facebook. Thanks again for joining me on today's Flying Carpet Cockpit Adventure. Music by Hannes Brown. See you next time. <laughs>